You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, we never really tell people who we are or what we do with our lives. Uh, and we've been we've been told uh, by our higher ups that maybe we should start doing that. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, we'll, we'll start we'll start trying to do that. I don't know if I'll ever remember or actually end up doing it, but that's okay. We'll do it tonight. Um, I'm Eric Name. I'm the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee, ESPN Wisconsin, and ESPNWisconsin.com. Frank, I, I was, should, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> well, I'm the founder of, of BrewHoop.com, your, your SB Nation Milwaukee Bucks affiliate. Uh, retired. Uh, editor emeritus, I guess, which is yep. just a, I guess, a fancy way for saying it has been. Um, <laughs> but I did it. I did it for, I, you know, I made it nine years, and um, I, I feel like I deserve, you know, like some kind of uh, pin or or some sort of cheap commemorative item for for lasting nine years as a, a writing about the. I think I wrote like two thousand articles about the box. <sighs> some just insane number like that, like. What? Like, That's how did so I many. stay sane? How am I a functional human being at this point? But, um, but no, I, I don't do that anymore. Uh, I, I now limit myself to, uh, to tweeting and, and talking to you and our, and our good friends. And speaking of good friends, all of our listeners, you know, it's International Women's Day. And, you know, you may, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you've probably heard we have these little, ads for potential advertisers david Locke reads them usually um and it points out that you know our podcast the lockdown network is a you know it appeals to a male audience an affluent audience and all this and i just want to say on international women's day shout out to the ladies who yep. listen to lockdown bucks because we know you're out there um our friend of the pod kurt lightinger I, I know his wife Ashley apparently also listens from time to time. I don't know Ashley if you enjoy any of this, but Ooh, thank you for I, ta- I met Kurt and Ashley at a Bucks game earlier this year, and she like didn't seem totally repulsed at the sound of my voice. So I would say she at least enjoys it like a little bit. I don't, I don't know, but like it, it wasn't. I, I wouldn't say it was overwhelmingly like, oh, I'm so happy to meet you, Eric. But like, it, I, I would say she's okay with us. She didn't. She didn't appear like openly like put off by by meeting you in person that's no. good well I, if nothing else ashley has good manners I, i'd say um <laughs> and uh and you know uh i'm i i need to of course shout out my my wife kate and our, our new daughter matilda bucks fan in training uh we made it through the first civil war bucks rockets Ooh. uh since my daughter was born last night uh you know no no arguments were had uh, my wife at one point seemed to start sort of feeling p- pity for the Bucks, uh, so we we survived that. But uh, yeah, if you are uh, one of our female listeners, uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Uh, 
perhaps some of you are just basically forced to listen to us <laughs> some time be. to time because your your significant others maybe do or whatever. But um, thanks for tolerating us and um, shout out to the ladies. International Women's Day, um, obviously a uh, uh, an important time for for that day to I think be acknowledged and um, you know even on a, a, a you know a sports podcast uh, we know you guys listen and we also uh, our friend of the Pati Dear Robinson, we know uh, his wife and, and daughters occasionally also are forced to listen to us. And uh, he actually tweeted me last night that his 10-year-old daughter uh, was complaining about the Bucks. Let me get the exact quote here. CJ tweeted us, my 10-year-old daughter turned to me with disgusted look on her face tonight and asked, quote, what the funky monkey is wrong with the Bucks? I love Giannis, but no player can do it all alone, end quote. CJ noting deep thoughts and questions. Questions worth discussing on the pod from his 10-year-old daughter. So again, regardless of the age, ladies knows ladies know what's up, even with the Bucks problems. Because <laughs> that's certainly been a topic that we've talked about. So um so yes, thank you uh to to all, all our, our female listeners out there. Uh we appreciate you. I I don't, you know, again, I I uh I, I think that that's one of the awesome things about uh about NBA basketball in 2018. Like it's not a guy's thing. It's not a young thing. It's not an old thing. Um, it's a sport that I think is appealing to everybody. And uh, certainly it is in my family. And um, I think we're, we're, we hear that from uh, our listeners. And if you are one of the later listeners of, of uh, Locked On, feel free to tweet at us. Uh, we want to give some shout outs. So feel free to tweet at us at Locked On or at Locked On Bucks or, or at either of our uh, Twitter accounts. Um, you know, shout it out. We'll, uh, we'll give you a shout out here. Um, because we know that it doesn't get acknowledged enough. Anyway, enough of that. Um, we know that men and women want to listen to us talk about this damn Bucks team, right? Um, so, Eric, <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? I, I know we talked about a few different topics we'd go over. There's obviously a Knicks game coming up on Friday um, and some other important games coming up. But what are we? What order are we going to talk about all these you know, semi-depressing things that we have to talk about? Um, well, I think at the end of last night's podcast, um, I had teased talking about Giannis possibly sitting out a game, which uh, I know probably people did not want to hear about. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about this. But not because he's not because he's we didn't find anything out about him being more hurt like yesterday. So we want to make sure people yes. aren't freaking out about that. It's just you reading the tea leaves. I got on I got theories previous with him sitting out. Yes. Okay, um, so, <laughs> uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about this four game stretch for the Bucks and kind of what they need to do, what they're looking at. And then, um, we had mentioned the tiebreaker situation a little bit, uh, the other day on one of our podcasts. So we're going to kind of revisit that because when you look at the schedule past this four game stretch and you look at kind of what's going on in the Eastern and Western conference, uh, there's some interesting stuff there. So we will hit on all of that and then end it with a Knicks preview. So um, let's start with my theory. I was looking through the Bucks schedule, Frank, and I noticed that if Giannis Dedekumbo was to sit out on Monday, March 12th at the Memphis Grizzlies, he would be able to take off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, in Tuesday. That would be four days off for him. And when you look through the rest of the schedule, um, it's kind of difficult to find another one like that. I guess technically you could find, um, I believe, next Saturday against the Hawks, you'd get a, 
a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday four-game uh, stretch there. Um, but as we've seen this year, I believe the preference for sitting out Giannis is on the road and on the road against a crummy team. The Phoenix Suns aren't an option anymore. <laughs> they used up their two games against the Suns uh, to sit him out there. Um, but the Memphis Grizzlies are quite bad. And that would happen this weekend and maybe would give him about a, about a month or so of just solid basketball after that that would lead up into the playoffs and again I haven't heard anything I want to make sure I want to make very clear that this is just a theory that I'm putting together by thinking about the days off he has had in the past the times that they have tried to sit him the teams they have tried to sit him against and kind of the best ways to manage his knee situation um and I'm curious, does any of this sound crazy to you? Um, and would it, I, I guess, would it upset you as the Bucks are, are I don't, I don't want to say teetering, but they're certainly in a, in a tough spot right now, sitting in the eighth spot and trying to claw their way back up. And we talked about the pick and how that conveys and just kind of an interesting time where the Bucks need to win some games. Would that bother you? And do you think I'm crazy? Well, putting Giannis's health first well, never bothers me, right? I mean, it's sort of the the ultimate um, trump card in any sort of debate, right? If if Giannis needs a day off um, in order to be, you know, back to his best for some period, right? Like if you feel like that's going to really make a big impact, and um, he's in real pain with his right knee, um, lingering soreness, all that, then I get, get it, right? Uh, we've seen this, you know, th- I guess three times now the Bucks have rested him. Um, and usually it's been, what was it like the 24th of November and 23rd of December, something like that, right? Like kind of late in those two months. And then, um, the third one was that eight day, what was the eight day period you mentioned? Um, I think it was between like what January 18th and the 26th or something like that, because I remember he came back against the nets on the day that my daughter was born and it was like eight days. So I'm just subtracting, uh, from, from 26. So to come late late in these months and the wrinkle is obviously in february he had a period off um due to the all-star break kind of what was i guess like more mid-month um or actually i guess it went sort of similar like mid to, to later in the month yeah so i guess if you're trying to line it up it would probably line up more towards later in the month um but obviously there's strategy around the opponent that he'd be missing and um, but it's it's really difficult because, you know, again, um, you know, you look at the standings, the Bucks uh, tonight with Miami beating Philly. That brings Philly a half game closer to the Bucks in the standings. But it means that Miami has now edged back into the seventh spot ahead of the Bucks, And the Bucks are in eighth spot in the east. And that is not a good place to be. And you look at these next four games. Um, what is it? Knicks Friday, uh, Memphis Monday. And then is it Orlando Wednesday? Yep. And then Atlanta? Is that the four four games? Um, You really want to win four straight games. I think you mentioned that Giannis said last night after the game, (laughs) they need to win all four. And, of course, you know, what does it really mean that they need to win all four? I mean, they could lose two and still make the playoffs. I mean, you know, it's not like it's make or break because, again, you know, again, not that anybody's ambition is to be the eighth seed, but 
um, the Pistons and Hornets continue to not win games. Um, And so there's not a ton of pressure right now being pressed from you know the the nine ten teams in the Pistons East. Pistons are five and, games back, and the Hornets are six and a half games back. Like they're they're back there. Not that you can't make that up in yeah. the what the time you have left in the season, but that's that's a distance. It's tough. It's tough. The the Hornets have seven more losses than the Bucks. The Pistons have five more losses than the Bucks. Um, so it's difficult. And the Pistons don't have any more games against the Bucks. So I mean, you know, they can't really. You know, they're not going to be able to get any more head-to-head um, chances to, to make up ground on the Bucs. So, um, so, yeah, they're they're in a difficult spot. As we mentioned, the Pistons right now do project to have the tiebreaker over the Bucs. So that's not good. Um, but that's pretty much the story with basically all these teams right now in the East. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough situation for the Bucs because, again, not that the teams ahead of them are well ahead of them. Philly is only a game and a half up. And as of this moment, they do have the tiebreaker over Philly with – one more game um, in Philly to where they could potentially even the head-to-head. And if that happens, then um, Philly does have a better conference record, which would be the tiebreakers. So um, if there was any game that you would pull an upset in the rest of the way, uh, beating Philly in Philly would be a really valuable one to get because you've already pretty much lost all the other tiebreakers uh, against the Heat, against the Pacers, uh, against the Wizards. You're well back in terms of conference record as well. So um, again, the Bucks have made life very difficult by dropping all these games against the East. And, um, you know, I think uh, who tweeted it out? Somebody tweeted out the records of um, playoff teams against other playoff teams and the Bucks fittingly were the worst team in the east among the eight that are in the playoffs right now at 7 and 15 and you know this is how you end up uh it was keith smith um who tweeted it out i, t- I retweeted it as well um the bucks are 7 15 philadelphia is 9 and 14 uh every other team has a winning record against these playoff teams in terms of the one through six seeds mainly because they've been beating up on the bucks and sixers <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that's it's zero sum so anyway um ironically the bucks uh, I, I checked. The Bucks have a six and nine record against the West playoff teams, so they actually have a better record against the West playoff teams than the East playoff teams. And they would be have the I think, uh, well actually no, they're listed he listed ten, so they have a better record against the West playoff teams than the Clippers or Spurs. Um, but anyway, that doesn't really help them. So yeah, so these next four games are, are huge, and you know, getting back to the idea of, of Giannis missing one game, I mean. The Bucs have won a couple games without Giannis. They were both against the Phoenix Suns that they won. They were, you know, competitive, certainly, in that game in Charlotte where Giannis missed out. I think it was in December. And, you know, they hung around for a little bit in Philly before ultimately kind of getting their doors blown off in the fourth quarter uh, to Joel Embiid and company when Giannis didn't play in Philly. So um, they've been okay without Giannis in those four games. But, again, I mean, statistically, the Bucs have a massive differential when Giannis is off the court versus when he's on the court. It's something like, I think, 14 points per 100 or something like that. So um, you take Giannis out, big shocker. Um, that's a big <laughs> loss. And again, you know, if, if your ambition is to move up into the seventh or possibly even the sixth spot, um, it is a big risk to to sit Giannis for any individual game because, um, you know, you have to take a calculated risk. I mean, it might be better off sitting him in a road game that you think you're going to lose, right? When yeah. are they playing the Warriors? Sit them in, sit them in that game, right? Yeah. Um, I know, I know, Giannis is a competitor, and he probably wouldn't want to do that. But um, to me, I, the I would NBA probably... would not be happy either. That is a TNT game. Okay. Well, you know, whatever. Pick, pick one of those other. You know, if there's another game, um, I'm trying to think. You know, 
and ironically, I mean, the Clippers they want to beat because uh, the Clippers have, the Clippers are one of the teams in the West that could impact their ability to hang on to their draft pick um, just because of the way the the protections work on that. Um, the pit Clippers are are basically the Clippers uh, Nuggets and what's the third team? Jazz. Um, the Clippers Nuggets. Yeah, the Clippers Nuggets and Jazz. Basically, um, they the Bucks. I think they need to be ahead of um, what at least the, the the worst of those teams. They have to be better than um, in order to, uh, or sorry, they need to be better than at least one of those one of the teams that makes the playoffs. Basically, in the West, they need to be better than because or, you know some combination. Basically, they need to be in the 17th spot. So that means two playoff teams. They have to have a better record than basically uh, in order to keep their pick this year. So choose whatever order. If they can be better than one team in the East, then they got to be better than one team in the West. So. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky tricky thing. Normally, you're not looking at you know the other conference for you know uh, seating purposes, but for the lottery, um, that's important. So so yeah, I would probably say, I mean, unless he's like in really bad shape, try to play him through these winnable games. Don't screw around because I hashtag never trust a box. Um, and if you're gonna sit him, try to see if you're gonna sit him in in one of these more important games later in the season. And to be honest, I mean. Giannis sitting against the Warriors due to a sore knee. I mean, I'm sure it would be a big deal, but I mean, we know he has a sore knee. I mean, yeah. It's not like it's also not get like, over it, Silver. Yeah, it's not like he's like healthy, healthy. Um, but I doubt the Bucks would do that. I don't want. I doubt Giannis would want to do that. So anyway, that's my long-winded. Um, because it's me, I have to give you a long-winded answer. <laughs> I, I'll say, you know, again, provided that he's not you know in, in worse shape than usual um if there is a possibility of delaying that to a game that you're likely going to lose later in the season on the road i would do that just because i think these next four games are so critical if you can play him and he's he's going to be okay then then play him yeah uh, i i guess my theory doesn't necessarily match up with the words that Giannis will say um because like you said after the game last night he talked about how important these four games were and that they have to win these games and that's it. Like there's, there's nothing else. They got to win all four of these. And uh, again, today at practice, he talked about how he said last night, got to win all four of these games. And they're very aware that that's, that's kind of what they need to do. So uh, I would, I would kind of be surprised um, if they actually did it, but I would be lying if I said that idea isn't kind of lingering in the back of my brain as I, I just kind of, always have that uh, my, I guess my kind of my guard up or my I don't even know my radar on for potential days that that Giannis might sit right now just because that knee issue has ended up being such a problem this year so um, I'm okay with being called the crazy conspiracy theorist um, which is totally fine but it is something that that is on my radar um, at the very least. So we'll kind of see there. Um, thinking about these games, though, you mentioned the fact that at home versus the Knicks, heading to Memphis, heading to Orlando, and then at home versus Atlanta, um, one, we haven't seen the Bucks really have this type of time in between games in a long time. Um, they might be able to practice. Yeah, since, since the All-Star break, they really haven't had practices. Um, just because there's been about a day in between games, and there's been some three games and four night stretches, and just a really, uh, on top of them playing a bunch of playoff teams, they also played a bunch of playoff teams in a really kind of compact 
part of their schedule, which obviously is going to make it harder. And again, it's not any sort of excuse. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it is, um, but that is just kind of the reality of the schedule. And um, I do kind of wonder what happens here if, if they do get a little bit of playoff time. Um, is that something that allows Jabari Parker to feel a little bit more comfortable? Is that something that allows them to kind of refocus and and get on the same page? Uh, just because you look at a at a Monday Wednesday Memphis Orlando and you you have Saturday and Sunday before Memphis and then you have Thursday Friday before Atlanta next week like these are spread out. You have some time to reset and um, refocus and get yourself ready for the stretch run. Because um, as I said, when I was talking about possibly saying, oh, honest, like there's not those days after, after this week and a half, like after playing the Hawks on March 17th, it's pretty much back into every other night. There's a game and you have that going down the stretch. So um, I just, as we looked through the rest of the schedule, I think both of us probably saw 17 games left for the Bucks. probably in, I think you could expect an eight and nine-ish record. Um, and those eight are just kind of chalking, chalking up the ones that they should win as wins. When you look at, um, and I guess we can kind of go through it, but you look at these four, Knicks at Memphis, at Orlando, Atlanta, I think those are four games that you feel at that, you should win. You look at at Chicago. I feel like that's a fifth one. You feel you should win. You look at at Los Angeles against the Lakers. I feel like that's one you should you feel you should win. Um, and then uh, versus Brooklyn at home on April fifth at New York on Saturday the seventh of April, and then home versus Orlando. Maybe that's nine. I can't. I'm bad at counting. Um, but either way, that's eight or nine. That's nine-ish games that you think you should win. Maybe you screw up one of those, and then uh, the other games on the schedule um, that are going to be more difficult at Cleveland on Monday, March nineteenth. Uh, home versus the Clippers. Home versus the San Antonio Spurs. At the Clippers. At Golden State. At Denver. Which again, Denver is kind of trying to figure themselves out again as they add Paul Millsap, but it's just not a place the Bucks play well. First, the Boston Celtics, and then at Philadelphia for the final game of the season on Wednesday, April 11th. You look at those games, those are a number of games that, with the way that the Bucks have played against Eastern playoff teams uh, this year, you'd think, okay, there's probably some losses there. So um, that's all, that's kind of assuming an eight or nine or a nine and eight record by giving the Bucks these four games. Like, the the rest of that can't can't really be assumed to be in that 500 area if you don't take care of business against these four teams and uh, again like you said these aren't must wins these aren't anything like that but this might be and this is a callback to last year's lockdown bucks this might be four straight sucks to lose games Right, sucks they, to lose. We have not, you know, I had totally forgotten of suck about sucks to lose. Well, but they don't really like you can't you can't sucks to lose in the middle of the season. Like it, these games have to matter um, at some point, and I think we are to that point where under twenty games left in the season, there's certainly some sucks to loses around here, and I think all four of these are like home versus the Knicks at Memphis at Orlando, home versus the Hawks. Those are four games. You should absolutely win. And I, like I said, I won't call them must-wins, but those are all sucks-to-loses, right? 
Yeah, and I mean, to give you guys sense, I mean, Memphis has lost 15 straight games. Like, yeah. I, I don't I don't know how they haven't accidentally won any of these games. I mean, they are playing a lot of young guys, including, like, guys who are, you know, not drafted-type players. I mean, Memphis is printing up the 1-17 in 17 shirts for on Monday, Frank. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so they, um, they've been resting Gasol some, sometimes, but that, that's, first off, it's a home game, so you wouldn't expect them to rest him, yeah. and it's also not a back-to-back for them. So they play Friday, Saturday. Um, Saturday, they're in Dallas. Uh, so, you know, I, very, very possibly Gasol sits that one out. Um, in you know on one of these tank bowl games against the Mavericks, who obviously also are incentivized, uh, as their owner has even acknowledged, to not win games. Um, and so Monday, you know, they'll be rested with you know a day off, and then presumably Gasol will have had a couple days out. I mean, I'm just guessing, right? Um, yeah. That that's that maybe is how they'll play it. Um, Tyreek Evans has not been back in the lineup. I, there had been talk that he was going to come back soon, which is interesting um given that you know evans was a guy that they did not want to get rid of at the at the trade deadline because they wanted to keep him and re-sign him i guess um for next year uh but he's way too good to i guess be playing during uh a a tankapalooza season so they're in this really weird spot where i don't know if tyreek evans is actually hurt um and I don't know if you know them sitting on him and not playing him is going to make him any more interested in coming back next year. Um, but uh, interesting situation, obviously, with him. They don't have his bird rights since he just came over on a one-year deal. So, um, so yeah, they're an interesting team. But certainly the Knicks. Um, you know, this is uh, I guess yeah, I guess this is the first. Obviously, Porzingis got hurt against the Bucks in New York. Um, this is the first time like we'll see the post Porzingis Knicks, the post Hope. Knicks, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, I think they've lost what five in a row. Um, yeah, they've, they've won one of their last ten, and it's been ten yeah. games since Porzingis went out. So one of the ten games they've played, they've won. Yeah, and they're they're starting, or at least last game they started both Emmanuel Mudiay and Frank Nilakina. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, I mean, both those guys. Uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of folks like Nilakina a lot, but. I mean, he has not. I mean, he he actually his first game against the Bucks, he was really good. Um, but you know, he's shooting thirty six percent on the season. I mean, he's you know not a good NBA player right now, um, and you know he's he's kind of trying to figure things out. So I think, barring like you know, Ennis Cantor goes two thousand one Shaq on the Bucks. Ooh, I mean, you're missing one guy. Oh, bees. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming off the bench. He's still, he's still. I think he's, he's, he's still getting buckets. I mean, he's still Beasley, even if he's not starting. Twelve um, points in twenty-one minutes a game. Yeah, I, the, fortunately, Michael Beasley's too chill to really have revenge games. <laughs> At least he's been <laughs> so true. far. You know, yeah. like it's not really in his nature to try yeah. to like murder his former teams. Because <laughs> if he did, I mean, he's had enough former teams, he'd probably be an all-star if he actually was <laughs> living up, living up to his, <laughs> living up to his talent level. Um, so hopefully, we get sort of. Only semi-motivated uh, Beasley. Um, he had 16 points in their last loss. Um, he's been playing over 20 minutes every game, but had three straight games before that um, where he did not get in a double figure. So, um, again, Beasley's having a solid season. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully we, we get not non-peak <laughs> Beasley. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, that's a game obviously you have to win. I mean, it's a home game. I mean, for crying out loud, guys, yeah. you lose to the Knicks at home. I mean, Jesus, right? I mean, and this is the thing. Hold too, it up. I mean, you, yeah, Season's yeah. I mean, over. I think if you if you lose some, like you know, I don't I don't want to say like if you lose any of these games because it's the NBA. You know, I mean, yep. if you're an you know eighty percent chance of uh, of winning, you know, every game, 
you're still only a 50-50 bet to win three in a row, okay? Like Correct. just the probability, the way that multiplies together. So uh, so again, it's hard to, to win four straight. You have to actually you know, lock in as a team, be consistent, do things that the Bucks have not been doing of late. Um, so, so we'll see. Um, I, I don't think people should take it for granted, but at the same token, I think, yeah, you got to say, guys, you want to be serious about moving up in the East. Um, you got to stop, you know, losing every game by seven or eight points or whatever they've been doing of late and excluding that Detroit game. So, um, so yeah, uh, big games coming up. And again, um, you know, I think the main thing for me, I want to see better offense. You know, they've looked, they've just looked so rough of late. Uh, I just want to see them playing a bit more open, a bit more free. Uh, and that's easy to say, obviously, but, um, I don't know. It, it obviously things worked, were working much better before the all-star break. And then, um, things have really hit the skids since really that Toronto game. Yeah. They, they definitely need to find ways to, you know, get everyone involved. And I mean, every single game, the Bucks play bad this year. There's one thing you will hear Joe Prunty or Jason Kidd say, and the ball stuck too much. Every game, the, without without fail, like that. That's where this team is, um, and it, you you just have to find ways. And again, that points to much larger uh, systemic issues uh, that you can't consistently find that um you can't consistently keep your guys from going one-on-one um obviously we talked a little bit about it yesterday and we've talked about it throughout the year like these schemes aren't drawn up well to have the synergy that you need to get that ball movement consistently but against teams that aren't quite as good um just find a little bit of that chemistry um just get a, a little bit of that going um and see if you can you know, pull out four straight, which, like you said, is very difficult, but at least make sure that you get three of these because uh, anything less than that makes it, it all very difficult. And um, I guess the the only thing I would say before, I guess we kind of wrap this up, um, just thinking about this, uh, I, I know Bucks fans always kind of get upset when they lose games that they shouldn't lose. And I also think we're prone to not celebrating games that they shouldn't win quite as much. Like, I I just think back to that Raptors win, which was huge. And, well, it happened on a Friday night. It's because we were too lazy to podcast right afterwards. But, like, we we don't end – like, we just kind of end up throwing those away and – I totally understand, like, oh, the Bucks lose too many games that they should win. Sure, that's totally fine. But like, there's we don't have a basis for how many games a forty-eight team. Uh, let's see what they're gonna a forty-five win team. I don't know how many games should they lose that they're supposed to win. I, I don't know. I don't have numbers that tell me exactly what that is. So um, I just think there's the need to kind of recognize what you said earlier that you know this is the nba you're gonna win some games that you should lose and you're gonna lose some games that you should win and it's gonna kind of average out to the team that you're supposed to be in the end um so i can understand if the bucks lose one of these games being very upset because again they should win this but um then i would again maybe it's just for my sanity but if the bucks win a game that they're not supposed to win 
just just allow yourself to be happy in that moment <laughs> um, just because otherwise like this can kind of turn into a slog and uh, we'll we'll see what happens but um, these are four games that the Bucks should win uh, we talked a little bit about the Knicks there um, anything else you wanted to add on the Knicks or any other topic I teased earlier that I forgot to get into at this point um, well one thing just to kind of tie out something we talked about going into yesterday's game we didn't have the numbers uh, offhand last night on on small lineups with Giannis at center yep. and I was looking at the popcorn machine like game flow and i mean the numbers last night were, were not good on those small lineups and obviously you know going small against a Rockets team that is always going small that is used to playing small um yeah. not surprising that you know you wouldn't suddenly like figure out like oh we're amazing small you know in this new configuration that we never really otherwise do um just because they have a lot more experience doing it and um so it was not good i think um with henson off the floor i mean henson was only a minus one so i mean it's easy to do the math right they're minus 10 um they lost by 11 so they're minus 10 in all the minutes where uh henson was off the court and there were a few minutes where neither henson um nor Giannis was on the court although they were actually um they were actually plus three in the minutes in the fourth quarter when uh both Giannis and henson were off the court so the you know effectively small Giannis lineups really didn't work at all but it's interesting because there were there were streaks there in like the third quarter they had an 11-0 run where they did it they had an eight nine one run in the fourth quarter um with with Giannis at center lineup so you know they're kind of like fits and starts where yeah they went on runs but they weren't able to stay sustain it and you know I was looking at um cleaning the glass which is obviously this great website we we often talk about I was curious about the Giannis and Jabari uh, in particular mm-hmm. lineups, um, because, you know, one of the main things, right? I mean, Giannis the center is important to test out, but especially as it relates to Jabari Parker, because, you know, again, like if Jabari can't get, you know, if you can't get him on the court with Giannis at center, then you've got a really jammed up sort of like wing rotation with Middleton having to play the two, which he's done, right? I mean, he did that a couple of years ago. He played tons of two when, you know, before Jabari's second knee injury, before blood or before uh, Middleton had his uh, hamstring injury, like in, I guess it would have been the 15, 16 season, the spring of 2016. So, um, so I was kind of curious. So I was like looking at it. So this year, only 67 possessions where Giannis and Jabari have played together without a center. And they are very, very bad. But not in the way you would expect. They've actually been, those lineups, and again, super small sample, but 67 possessions, so less than a full game, basically like two-thirds of a game, essentially. Um, They've allowed only 99 points per 100, which is not very much. They've forced tons and tons of turnovers, basically is how they do it. Um, But they've been just dreadful offensively. Um, (sighs) 79 points per 100. Come on! Which is just like, you know, and most, I mean, the, the most common lineups also include Chris Middleton. So it's just like, well, why, really? You guys don't know how to score points with these? Um, but again, it's, it's a very small sample. And, you know, to kind of illustrate that, I went back, I looked last year, because obviously Giannis and Jabari played together for, you know, half a season last year uh, before Jabari got hurt. And there aren't a ton of lineups where they went small ball um, with Giannis at center in those situations. Um, but uh, there were 156 possessions last year. And they scored 114 points per 100. And they also gave up 114 points per 100. <laughs> but last year, it was much more like what you would expect, right? You would expect. And, and, and some of these lineups had like Toledovich as well. Yeah. Um, 
But bottom line is, you know, you would expect that with Giannis and Jabari on the court and no, like, you know, formal rim protector other than Giannis, that you'd probably score a ton of points, but you'd give up a ton of points. And that's what we saw last year. And then I also looked at the 15-16 season. Um, and actually, I wasn't even finished on uh, finished doing that one yet. But, um, but you know, th- there is data on this. And again, it's sort of like, you know, how do you avoid kind of falling victim to um, to the small sample size theater stuff? And, um, you know, again, like we've seen this kind of from year to year be really all over the place and, and you know, not, you know, not really tell a story. Yet. So in 15, 16, only 37 possessions total where the Bucks had Giannis and Jabari on the court with no traditional center. And obviously a big part of this reason is because, they've had way too many goddamn centers on the roster. Um, so, you know, and Jason Kidd always played like all of, all of them. Um, so we just really haven't seen that com- that combination a whole lot. And it's obviously been very inconsistent. So again, I think, you know, you need to continue to get looks at it. You don't have to play like, I mean, what they did on Friday was, or sorry, on, on Wednesday was pretty extreme playing Henson just 19 minutes. Um, you know, but, you know, try it for eight to 10 minutes. You know, yeah. try it for five minutes in a random part of the game um, and see how it does against, you know, maybe some big lineups, see how it does against some some small lineups. I think the Knicks are obviously interesting because um, we talked about them trying it in the first game where he was back against the Knicks and how it was probably not a good idea because Porzingis and Cantor are both out there who yeah. obviously are just both very large and can play with power or, you know, protect the rim, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in Porzingis's case, you know, use that that ass in Cantor's case to, to kill you on the boards. Um, it'll be interesting to see Friday with the Knicks, um, you know, Cantor obviously still around, but he's obviously also a guy that you can take advantage of offensively. Like if Cantor has to guard Giannis, um, yeah, I'll take that trade. That'll off, work. Yep. You know? Um, and so that'll be interesting to see if they, if they kind of do that. Cause also I, I don't know, you know, again, the Knicks are kind of all over the place right now, so I'm not even sure, um, you know, Kylo Quinn, like, are you, are you worried about Kylo Quinn killing you inside if if you play the center or Giannis at center against him? Probably not, right? Yeah. We like Kylo Quinn, but anyway, so we'll be interested to see just against some of these lineups, um, kind of what they or sorry, some of these teams now coming up. You know, if the Bucks can maybe get a few more reps looking like that, and um, that's certainly something I'll be looking out for. And one other thing, if if you are down about the Bucks, if you're feeling mopey, you're looking at the standings, you're seeing, geez. This is most likely going to be, you know, right now, like, you know, looking at like 538. Yeah, the Bucks are projected to be the eight seed. I mean, they're going to have mm-hmm. to go win games that they're not expected to win in order to move up. Or teams are going to have to lose games and disappoint ahead of them. Um, that's That sucks. They are likely to lose their first round pick, you know. Um, right now, they are sitting in the 15th slot and they have to get to the 17th slot in order to keep their pick. Um, so Miami is the closest team to, to jump ahead. You've got Philly as well but philly actually do their schedule and how well they play they're actually projected in like 538 to actually be the fourth seed um so it's tough it's tough going to be tough to skip you know more than maybe one team and so then and obviously there's stuff going on in the in the western conference as well they're going to be you know probably a couple good teams that lose that that don't make the playoffs who are going to have a similar record to the bucks denver and, and utah right now both at 35 and 30 they're um the last teams um out of the lottery um and you know again they're going to be in the lottery but then there's going to be those teams that barely make it like right now the clippers and you know even minnesota is not that far in but the clippers for instance are a team at 34 29 you'd want to figure out a way to, to skip them too or whoever from denver and utah makes it so anyway um all these things just 
keep an eye on him. Um, and if you are feeling blue about it, couple couple things just from experience. Um, you know, if you can have a child, which I did in the last month, uh, that really adds some good perspective. <laughs> Uh, not really, not really a practical, uh, type thing. Um, you know, so, so probably gonna, you know, not, not gonna help you within the next, uh, nine months or so, but, uh, good for adding some perspective. Those of you who are already parents probably already don't take the bucks struggles as seriously as those of us, uh, who were previously single or are currently single. Um, and, uh, also, um, you know, I've been, I, I know you're not a big like Netflix TV series guy, Eric. That is correct. Um, so you're really you're really losing out on all fronts because not only do you have to go to all these games, you have to go in the locker room and talk to people after they disappoint. Um, but then you don't have any TV shows that you're watching to take your mind off it. Uh, you don't have a child uh, to take your mind off it. So you're really just wallowing in just the, <laughs> the sadness. You have to talk to me for like an hour every day about like yeah. how sad this is. Um, so, I mean, don't be like Eric name, basically, I think is the, the like the key to all this. That's very um, good advice. But uh, yeah, I've been just really cruising through, especially because I'm still on paternity leave. I've been really just been cruising through a lot of uh, of shows on on Netflix. I just finished uh, Altered Carbon, which is a, uh, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. If you're into sci-fi, it's about a uh, future in which people can basically, their like uh, identities and like, you know, intelligence and basically their consciousness is, is on a stack, like a little like disk drive that's implanted in, in their bodies. And then they can basically like move themselves between bodies and things like that. It's a pretty cool idea. They kind of set up this interesting world, um, this kind of like struggle between basically rich people who are essentially immortal because they can just basically move from body to body. Pretty interesting story. Uh, I just finished it today. That was a good one. Um, a, a superhero show that's a bit lighter, uh, the tick, uh, I did not watch. There was a there was a version of this like maybe early two thousands with Patrick Warburton, aka Putty from Seinfeld. Um, this this does not star him, um, but it's it's amusing. It's funny. It's a little bit lighter. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's on Amazon Prime Video, um, so that that's a good one. And uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I've I've definitely watched more shows. Um, Mind Hunter on Netflix. That's a good one. Good show if you like. It's like a, about basically how sort of these serial killer profiling uh, practice started at the FBI in I think the oh god 60s or 70s. Uh, that's pretty interesting. If you like true crime, this is I mean it's not it's based on real stuff, but it's you know not like a documentary or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um, enjoyed that, and uh, I don't know I'm forgetting other ones, but uh, you know no shortage of of things to watch. So um, again, don't be like Eric Name. Find some. <laughs> Find some entertaining stuff to watch on Netflix and Amazon Prime. Uh, the Good Place. You watched The Good Place. Yep. I, I caught up on The Good Place. I really enjoyed it. The first season, I was like, this is an enjoyable show. I, I didn't like love it. And then the second season really uh, really kind of locked me in. I really started to like uh, the characters. Um, I think I – think I'll, I'll ask you who your favorite character is. I think Janet may be my favorite character, which feels kind of weird to say, but I feel like she most consistently amuses me. Um, but I feel like you get emotionally attached to kind of all of them for different reasons. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. What's what's your what's your favorite good place character? Man, that's kind of hard. Um, there's just something so lovable about Jason, isn't there? Like yeah, should... I originally, I originally thought he was annoying, but then like as he became like I, I actually kind of came around on him more in the second season. I, th- I think that's where I would go. I just, just okay. uh, again, he he'll inf- he's infuriating, but then also, oh, just so stupid and wonderful. Um, 
yeah, I, good place. That's a good one. You can get your mind off some stuff watching that um, or put your mind on some other stuff if you think about the good place too deeply. Um, I will say, um, oh, what's his name? There's a character who looks, I can't believe I forgot his name. Um, there is a character who looks shockingly like Dennis Schroeder of the Atlanta Hawks on uh, on The Good Place, which I, makes Chidi? hard for me. You think Chidi looks like Chidi? Chidi looks like Dennis Schroeder. Okay. Something like the way his like the way his like head is shaped yeah, looks kind of okay. like, like Dennis it. Schroeder. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I'm just planting that seed for all the NBA fans to now. I don't know if that's if people are going to see it or not. Um, yeah, you but, got him. But that kind of you hooked that kind of kind of jumped out at me um and i'm trying to think if there's anything else i've watched recently um i mentioned uh when i did my solo thing last week i watched i've been watching the alienist on tnt which if you watch the nba on tnt you've probably seen tons of ads for it um period piece murder mystery based on a uh i guess a fairly famous book um set in 1890s new york um very interesting show um it's basically like i guess uh, uh psychologists were were uh, called alienists in the 19th century um, because hmm. people with psychiatric problems were believed to be alienated from themselves. See, that's what I that's that's what I learned by reading the like little blurb at the beginning of every episode. But uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Like they went for it. Like apparently they pay, they spent a ton of money on the show, um, and it looks like it. They really went for it. Like you can tell, it takes itself very seriously. Um, I don't think it quite pulls off. It's not like you know an Emmy worthy 95% on Rotten Tomatoes type show. It, it doesn't quite hit hard enough on that front, mm-hmm. but it's good. It was entertaining. Okay. Um, and they, they, they went for it. I, you know, solid double, I would say for TNT. So okay. anyway, there's some things. Got. Take your mind off the bucks and follow yeah. Frank's recommendations. Um, he has lots of them right now. Hopefully um, I can give some recommendations in the coming months and weeks. And um, we, we never had our, uh, we, I guess we, we, at some point we could have our, but if the, if the bucks lose um, to any of these games, we can maybe have our black Panther conversation because Ooh. we both saw yep. that's the, that's the only movie I've seen since uh, my daughter was born. So, um, that that would be the only movie, the only new movie that I can really speak to. But uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, can't, I have like a million Oscar movies that I need to catch up with, and I yeah. think that's going to happen in the summer. So um, there might be we we might we might get that we might get that done. Uh, I like it. I I my only thing about Black Panther, I'll say uh, Shuri, his sister, mm-hmm. she was my favorite. Yep. Uh, basically, all the women in the movie were like I thought better than all the dudes. Uh, including Chadwick Boseman, who's fine, but I don't know, doesn't really like. He's not like a very charismatic guy per Save se. Save it, Frank. We will talk about like, it when we need to he's talk more like about the straight it. Straight man. He's more like straight man. By the way, um, one more thing while we're talking about superheroes, my favorite 2017 superhero movie. Uh, I rewatched it the other day. It came out like quite a long time. I think it came out like in May of 2017. Um, Logan. Uh, the, the basically the, the final Wolverine movie starring Hugh Jackman, my favorite uh, superhero actor uh, through all the X-Men movies. Just badass. Gotta love an anti-hero. Um, yep. That's a great movie. Uh, and the little girl in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, super. Have you, you haven't seen this movie, I assume, right? I have not yet. Nope. Um, it, I think it's, yeah, it's on HBO now. Um, I will say this, the little girl in it, I won't like give away too much, but she probably, I don't know how old she was when she made this. She looks like she's eight or 10 years old. I don't know if any 
eight or 10 year old child has ever murdered more people in a movie or TV show than this little girl <laughs> murders. So I don't think I'm really spoiling too much for yeah. it, but um, she's a total badass and uh, Wolverine's a great character. And uh, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, got a little, got a little misty at times, not going to okay. lie. Um, so, so I would say definitely check that out. Don't forget about it just because uh, it came out last year. Um, but, uh, but I enjoyed it. And, um, uh, also shout out to Roger Deakins for, uh, winning, uh, for, uh, Blade Runner 2049. You should watch that Eric as well. Yep. Uh, you already blew it by not seeing it in the theaters, but he won, I know, for best, I know. Uh, he won for best cinematography. He's been nominated like a million times. And I know there were a lot of like cinephiles who were happy to see that. Although our friend JJ Birch did not like that movie, which is JJ Birch's problem. Uh, cause <laughs> it was good. But anyway, that's all. That's all. Okay. Um, that's all I've got for today. All right. Sounds End good. Of the week. TGIF. <laughs> Bucks, Knicks, tonight, we'll break it down for you on Sunday and get you ready for Bucks, Grizzlies on Monday. That'll be the next time we talk to you. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks.